I am just here to share my personal experience. You know, I'm not saying that everyone should do ayahuasca. I'm not saying that everyone should experience plant medicine or, or follow in my footsteps, but this is what's true to me. This is what I experienced and uh, the learnings and lessons that I went through. I'm glad to share with y'all. You're listening to the Almost 30 Podcast, hosted by Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsek. Almost 30 started as a conversation about the transition from our 20s to our 30s. But then we realized life is full of transitions. So we expanded our mission. We are an intuition-led, wellness-focused lifestyle podcast that promises to deliver authentic conversations, diverse points of view, and insights rooted in optimism, growth, and intention. The Almost 30 Nation community is a group of purposeful dreamers who are smart, passionate, and always seeking the full potential in every aspect of their lives. At Almost 30, we're making magic together. We dream it, and then we do it. Thanks so much for tuning into the Almost 30 podcast. Here we go. Hello, family. Hello. Welcome back to Almost 30 podcast. My name is Krista Williams. And my name is Lindsay Simsek. And welcome back to the show. Yeah, we're happy to have you. If you're new to Almost 30, welcome. Wow, this is just the beginning. You have over... 200 episodes to catch up Got on. a lot of work. So, <laughs> start here and go back. Yeah. Don't start at the beginning. We'll send you your homework in the mail. <laughs> no, we're really happy to have you. We started this podcast during a transition in our lives, going from our 20s to our 30s that I know a lot of you are going through, have gone through, will go through, but really we just want to bring you laughs and inspiration and a community and support as you go through any type of transition, we're here for it. Yeah. So we have events that we do all over the world. We're on tour. So if you are interested in wellness meetups with some badass babes all over, you can check out almost30podcast.com slash events. And if you're interested to start a podcast, you can check out your podcast pro. That's Y-O-U-R podcastpro.com that has resources to build, grow, and monetize your dream podcast. And then if you are interested to join our ambassador program, if you want to create community where you are, connect with people that are on your same vibration, you can join our ambassador program. There are women that are ready and excited to meet you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we have over 70 ambassadors, which is crazy. Really exciting to see you all just... And those uh, ambassadors are oversee like hundreds of people. Yeah. Yeah. So it's yeah. like the ambassador is like an ambassador in New York, Nicolette. She oversees a group of 500. 500. 500. Now it's 500. People. So <laughs> there are a bunch of people that work with the ambassadors all over. Yeah. They're just, the, they are the point person. They help to facilitate these meetups and events and things. And a meetup could look like two people getting together for a book club yeah. or 30 people for a yoga class or, you know, active service. So we're just happy to support. Yeah, we actually recently visited uh, SCU, Santa Clara University up in San Jose and just had the most incredible experience. Krista and I set out the beginning of this year, you know, wanting to visit colleges. And a lot of people told us that was going to be hard. <laughs> and we were like, oh, no, 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 mm-hmm. we got this. Like, like most we are... things, people were like, that's not going to work. And I'm like, <laughs> fuck you. You yeah. haven't seen me do shit. <laughs> and it's actually kind of hard. It is kind of hard because <laughs> it's hard to get through um, the formal programming at a college. So what has been so beautiful is that a lot of our listeners who are in college 
have reached out to us who are a part of like at SCU, a women in business type of group. And they helped to facilitate this event. They really overdid it. It was amazing. I was so impressed. The girls crushed. I mean, so SCU Santa Clara, which is in San Jose, which is so fucking beautiful. Yeah. I was blown away. I'm like, oh, my future children are going to go to school here because it's just small enough, but like intimate. And the girls were so present and listening and just asking the most thoughtful, vulnerable questions. It was a really beautiful um, opportunity for us to kind of go back and think about, you know, our college time and our college experience. And Lindsay and I, you know, through this podcast, talk a lot about our transition from our 20s to our 30s. So having the opportunity to go back a little bit further from the transition in college, where Mm -hmm. we transitioned from high school to college and then out of college uh, with these women was just a really, really gratifying experience and really, really is something I never thought I'd have the opportunity to do. And um, I'm really excited about it. Yeah. We, you know, we were interviewed by one of the members of the women in business group and she did such a great job and the the questions were so thoughtful. And then we opened up for Q and A, which, you know, we are never disappointed during Q and A. Like I have to say our community is just so engaged and so curious and so unafraid to ask questions and to put themselves out there. And so we had a room of 90 women just ready to, you know, be open to any advice or more just stories from us. Yes, we've learned a lot, but um, so much of it was just kind of sharing our experience, not saying that we did it the right way, but this was our experience. And I think there was a bunch of expanding moments for the girls as it relates to relationships, whether friendships or romantic, uh, body image, following your dreams, knowing what you want to do, not knowing what you want to do, drinking. It just, it, it ran the gamut. And I was really proud of what we shared and, and how receptive they were. Yeah. And it's almost like for me through my transition, I gave myself the permission when I had gone through it enough to not give a fuck where I was like, Oh, I have to give myself the permission or this isn't going to work anymore. You know, I'm not going to be able to like when my depression anxiety was so bad, I was like, I actually need to give myself the permission to stop drinking and to meditate and to not go to places where I, you know, didn't feel like my energy was best spent or work at that corporate job that was soul sucking to me at the time. And to be able to go back in time and give myself permission at a younger age, which is sort of what we were doing during these conversations, permission to, um, you know, not drink all the time, permission to leave a toxic friendship, like you said, or, you know, leaving a toxic romantic relationship is just super powerful. And I was so impressed and excited about the generation below us. I think people have a lot to say about them. You know, when we're, I think we're millennials and they might be millennials too, or they could be below us. I feel like they're different. Like Gen something? Gen X. Gen Z. I'll look it up while you're talking. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. It doesn't really matter. It's like these labels are so funny. Yeah. Like I get it, but I don't. They're goofy. They're goof. They're goofy, but it's just the healing is happening so much earlier for people. Mm-hmm. And the self-reflection is happening so much earlier. And there's a collective thing that's happening, you know, with Instagram and, and Facebook and the way that things are going where people are sort of self right now. People are self-obsessed. 
people are, you know, taking like a selfie is a perfect example of that, of our self-obsession, but there will be an evolutionary time where we kind of take that self-reflection where we've healed, we have self-love and we can kind of turn outward and look at the collective. And I think that that generation will be the ones to do that and um, to connect with them was really beautiful. So the Santa Clara University Women in Business Group, that's scu.wib on Instagram, are pros. Pros. They're Gen Z, by the way. Gen Z. 95 to 2015, born between that time. Oh. Interesting, Uh, right? Gen Z, we love you. Um, But yeah, we were so impressed by them. And another thing we talked about was, you know, as it relates to to relationships and, you know, engaging in sex. Coitus. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we said coitus. They're like, oh, wow. You guys oh, are old. wow. <laughs> like, do we need to wheel you out? Because <laughs> I was just kind of a, you know, when I was single in college, just a loosey-goosey, like, fucking gumball machine. Just like, you put know, it in, put it, it in, get it out. Like, didn't know what was going on. Because for me, like, I felt like I couldn't express myself properly in the the more healthy ways. And so like physically I could express myself in that way and impress people that way or get close to someone that way. So I think the question was like, when do you let someone in? Because I mentioned, you know, through, you know, talking to John Wineland that that idea of not letting anyone in before they feel you and actually like feeling you and you'll know it's like a very intuitive feeling. And yeah, it was, I think college is just a weird time to actually be able to sense that because you're in this bubble, you know, you're eating weird food, you're you're trying to like make it in school, you're trying to socially keep up with the Joneses. Like, so I don't really know if, I'm speaking about guys, I guess in particular, but it really is both. But in my experience, just with guys like, they didn't have the capacity to really like nine times out of 10 nine and a half times out of 10, have the capacity to hold space for a girl. And and really what it was, was just kind of what everyone was doing. And that's what they were doing. It wasn't this like conscious choice to be with someone. If it turned into a relationship, then it turned into a relationship and poof, like sometimes that happened, but I just don't know. It's very rare to, to meet someone at that age who really has the ability and the tools to hold space for that. And yeah, I would just, you know, I wasn't like no sex. I was mm-hmm. just kind of like, you yeah, know, as from me. as women, as women were super intuitive. So listening to that feeling of, you know what, like, first of all, why am I doing this? Like, is it, am I okay with just having fun and it being super casual and not going anywhere just so long as I'm, I'm safe? Fine. But if, if I liked a guy and I engaged in it, knowing that maybe he wasn't totally in it, I inevitably just felt like shit or got hurt or something like that. So just being very aware, knowing that your decisions are completely yours. You know what I mean? Like you can't really blame anyone else. Mm-hmm. I have to say. Yeah. I mean that at that time is just instrumental. It's hard to think because, you know, from where, where I went, the pool of guys was so. Ugh. No, just like there was, it was bleak. So, oh. you know, there wasn't a lot of, like I, I couldn't imagine a guy being like super conscious. Totally. You know, and I'm I, just thinking of like what I was attracted to back then. And there was a ton of a hundred, a hundred. Yeah. <laughs> Which is not a hundred. <laughs> <100. laughs> 
Um, um, and yeah, the drinking thing was cool to talk mm-hmm. to a few women that came up specifically to talk about feeling like they felt pressure to drink all the time. They didn't want to drink and just kind of exploring that conversation and um, ways in which they could uh, feel better about it or pull back on it or be in spaces and not be drunk all the time. Yeah, totally. So thank you to the ladies at SCUWIB. Yeah, thank you so much. We are your biggest fans. Mm -hmm. And a lot of them are graduating soon. Yeah. So congratulations. And a lot of those soon-to-be graduates didn't know what they were going to do. And they felt so good after the whole night, not knowing what they want to do. You know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and neither of us, even though we went, went straight into certain things, it wasn't truly what like our heart was calling us to do, but power to if you power to you if you don't know what to do, you know. Yeah, it'll love uh, you. Reveal itself. And so we'll be in uh we'll be at Columbia in New York in October. More information on that college tour stop to come in the next couple months. But that was a great great trip. Yeah, it was great. Okay, on the podcast today is my friend Krista Williams. Uh, this one's a good one. So I had actually not planned to do a solo ayahuasca um, episode just because I still am kind of discovering and being shown the lessons and teachings that I had in my ayahuasca experience. And it was um, very chill and beautiful. So um, I didn't plan on this being super long, but it ended up being super long and heartfelt. And I'm excited to share along in my ayahuasca journey. I am just here to share my personal experience. You know, I'm not saying that everyone should do ayahuasca. I'm not saying that everyone should experience plant medicine or, or follow in my footsteps, but this is what's true to me. This is what I experienced and uh, the learnings and lessons that I went through, I'm glad to share with y'all. Yeah, it's such a good one. Um, yeah, and that's kind of the beautiful part about our experience is that it's kind of continuing to happen. Yeah. Um, all right. So if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. That means so much to us. If you are called to rate and review on iTunes, that really helps us out. You know, we, we do spend a lot of time and all this con- free content comes from our heart. So your review really means the world will read one on the other side of this. We are on tour, almost30podcast.com. If you want to start a podcast, know someone who wants to start a podcast or you want to uplevel your own podcast, yourpodcastpro.com, Y-O-U-R podcastpro.com. Yeah. And join us at our retreat this mm-hmm. July 9th through 12th at Calamigos Ranch, which is fucking five-star, the most beautiful place, restoration hardware, Malibu Chic in Malibu here in LA. We have some of our very best friends, some of the best healers in the game, some of the best nutritionists in the game with healthy vegan plant-based food, if you'd like, or non-plant-based food, um, some great sponsors and swag bags and workouts and, and all of the things. So we are really looking forward to that. You can go to our website, almost30podcast.com to sign up and join that retreat this July 9th through 12th. Woo. All right. Bye. Bye. What's up, Almost 30? It's your girl, Krista. AKA Crispy, AKA Crispy Cream, AKA Quista. I'm so happy to be with you today. It is actually only me for this introduction. So I am going to do a little bit of a solo conversation with y'all before we introduce the amazing Gerard Powell of Rhythmia, which is where we went in Costa Rica to have our ayahuasca journeys. Um, And it was an amazing experience. And I just wanted to kind of get you guys alone and talk a little bit about my ayahuasca 
experience, my journey, and um, everything that happened and everything that went down in Costa Rica. Uh, I shared a little bit on social, but not really. When I was there in Costa Rica, I actually really took that as a time to disconnect and to not be on my phone and try and immerse myself and be as present as possible. So I wasn't really doing much. I haven't really told a lot of people about my experience. So I wanted to make sure that I took a little bit of time and told you guys and had a conversation with you guys. Because I know in the Facebook group, you've been asking and in my DMs, you've been asking and um, I just had to bring you guys up to speed. So if you weren't aware, uh, Lindsay and I were invited to go to Rhythmia, which is a resort in Costa Rica where they focus on healing through plant medicine. So it is a life transformation center and it is stunning and beautiful and awesome. And I've always said, you know, maybe a couple months ago or even in late 2018, when I would have conversations with some of our close friends about ayahuasca, that... I wasn't going to seek it out, but I'm always down. And that's how I've been with most things in my life is that if it's going to uh, make me a little uncomfortable, if it's going to help me expand, if it's not part of the mainstream, and if it's something that I could do that uh, would potentially benefit others in the way that I share my story, I'm down. So with ayahuasca, it was nothing different. I was always like, yeah, I'm down. If, if the situation happens, that, that works. And a few times in LA, me and Lindsay would be at events and there would be people there that would be like, okay, yeah, we're doing this ayahuasca ceremony. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like, tell me more about it. And they're like, I'm going to do it with this awesome shaman. It's going to be at this house in Beverly Hills and it's going to be beautiful. And I'm like, oh, that actually sounds a little bit like my hell because I don't want to be at like a nice ass Beverly Hills rented mansion with people I don't know doing a substance that I don't know. And then just like going on with my life the next day. And that's just really me. Like, it's a preference for everyone and the way that people choose to experience the medicine is all personal to them. But for me, I really wanted to be as respectful as I could. And to be honest, like it is so important for me that I'm doing things the best way that I can for you guys. And I mean that seriously. You know, I take what I say to you very seriously. I take my experiences and my thoughts to you very seriously. So when I'm thinking about ayahuasca, I want to make sure that I'm doing it the safest way that I can, the most thoughtful way that I can, the most respectful way that I can, and not just like doing it as a quick fix. I, you know, didn't want to just be like blowing my mind and going into the fourth dimension at some house with randoms. And then the next day being like, well, I guess I'm going to go to Irwan for breakfast and then I'll probably just crank out a few hours of work. Like I wanted it to be integrative. I wanted it to be an experience. So when we got the opportunity to go to Rhythmia, it was really fate. And it was really something that I took as a sign for us to go where we got this opportunity to go and partner with them, share our experience. And it happened really easily. So it was almost like the medicine was calling to us. The medicine was calling to Lindsay and I to come to experience it and to be a part of, you know, the Rhythmia community. I didn't have, you know, when we, from the time where we booked it to, you know, the time we went, I didn't really have any, I wasn't too scared. I kind of, the only fear that I had was that I was going to change and I would not be able to connect with people in the same way that I did before. 
And there were times in my life where I felt like this, you know, this is silly, but when I went abroad in college, you know, I was gone for like seven months and I lived in Europe and I traveled all these places. And then I'm going back to Ohio and I'm going back to like toga parties and stuff. And I'm like, okay, I just, you know, was like at the Eiffel Tower and I was just, you know, like and the Alps and I was doing all this stuff. And then I went back to my old life and I felt like the expansion that I had didn't match the environment that I was in. And it was kind of uncomfortable for a while. You know, it was like a little bit of a a low time for me where I felt like I was trying to fit back in. I was trying to, um, you know, bring myself back to fit into this environment that I never even really liked in the first place. So I did have the fear of ayahuasca expanding me so much that I wouldn't be able to operate normally in the world. And I already have that experience normally where I feel like sometimes I learn these things or I start to do these practices or I read about X, Y, and Z, or I learn about X, Y, and Z. And this knowledge and information makes it uncomfortable for me to sometimes live my life. And if you listen to the podcast, you know, through all the conspiracy theory stuff and the alien stuff. And some of the things that we talk about here, it can be a little weird, you know, to just go to school, go to work, eat this, eat that, be normal, quote unquote, uh, watch the Kardashians, all that stuff. And so the hesitation there with ayahuasca was that it would just blow my fucking mind. And I'd be like, decide to live in a hut and just like peace out and like grow dreads and just, you know, recycle my own urine. (laughs) So I had that reservation. I had that fear and I've done mushrooms before I've done acid before I've done, I've done a, a few, I've done a few things as far as like drugs and the expansion realm. So it wasn't like I didn't have any experiences with that. And to be honest, those experiences, although at the end were not helpful for my health, I started to get really sick whenever I would do anything like Molly or MDMA and I haven't done it in in three or four years, but it was very expansive for me. And it was uh, a lot of experiences that really changed my perspective as far as interdimensionality and um, spirits and God and the way that plant life interacts with humans. So I felt like this was going to be a next step for that, but I also felt like it was going to be a lot more intense and a lot more real. So when we went to Rhythmia to do the ceremonies, we got in there and, you know, we landed and we were picked up in this shuttle and taken to this beautiful center. And it was late at night and we went to bed and, you know, the next morning we woke up and I didn't even realize that we were going to do four journeys. So, um, with ayahuasca, you know, a lot of times people can do one, they're called sittings. So whenever you're doing a sitting, it means you're sitting with the medicine. So you're ingesting the medicine and then you are sitting with it to experience whatever it is that the medicine wants to show you whatever it is that you need to be seen or shown or felt or heard. And I didn't even realize. So we had them on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday that week. And I was like, oh, I was, I, I don't, sometimes I'm, sometimes I'm really with it. And sometimes I'm really not with it. So I didn't know that it was going to be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I'm like, oh, fuck. You know, like, um, I'm already a little scared. And then I have to do it four times. Like, oh, what's, what's going to happen? So Sunday happens and um, we were 
brought into a lot of the orientation classes that they give you at Rhythmia, where you are um, told a lot about plant medicine, about how it works, about how to interact with it, how to make it work for you, how to really get the most out of your experience. And we also did a uh, medical test. So we got uh, an examination to make sure that we were cleared and that we were healthy and that we were able to do the medicine safely. And that's one of the things that I love about Rhythmia is that they are the only certified place to do it in the world. So they have licensing that allows them to do it safely. And in Costa Rica with medical care, medical supervision, it's clean. They know what they're doing. And the entire time I felt like I was taken care of and I was in very good hands, which was really, really important to me. So Sunday, we go through some of the orientation, the classes, just learning about it. And it felt, you know, like school almost. It felt really like I was learning so much about this medicine and figuring out how to get the most from it. And we're in this community of people there that are also doing the medicine too. And so uh, Monday comes around, we have the first sitting and we are in, so the way that they do it is in, it's in this beautiful Majorca. It's not Majorca as a an an island in the Mediterranean, but it's something with that name. It was this beautiful like tent almost place, but it's inside. It's got windows, it's got air conditioning and these nice mattresses that everyone can lay on with these soft blankets. This blanket was like my best friend. It was so soft. And then you have buckets if you ever need to purge and paper towels for tears or if you know anything happens. So at night you start the ceremony and the way that we started it was by uh, in a circle and we all sung and played instruments. And that really is to start to connect all of our vibrations together through sound so that we can move into this experience and this energetic experience with the others in the room in a really beautiful way. So by playing this sound, we are all getting connected and then we all go into the room and we all pick out the places that we want to lay for the night or that we want to rest or that we want to experience the medicine. So I had my mattress away from Lindsay. So they said for, if you come with someone that you should try to be far away from each other. So Lindsay and I were far away from each other. She was like on the other side of the room and when we started, I was kind of nervous. We did something called rape, which is a tobacco that you ingest in your nostrils. And it almost was like when you're drinking and you smoke a cigarette. I mean, I haven't done that since college. I didn't smoke in college, but every once in a while. And it really just fucks you up. It takes you to the next level. So this rape helps to ground you. It helps to prepare you for the medicine in a way. So you would do that and then you would get in line to take the medicine. And the medicine was given in a shot glass and it's brown. It tastes kind of like chocolatey, little gritty, little earthy. It's not disgusting. I thought it was going to be disgusting. I thought I was going to, you know, feel like I was going to throw up immediately from it. And after the first shot, the shaman kind of is analyzing you and looking at you and how much you need. And they, you know, are able to tap into that, how much medicine you need. So you take the shot and you go lay down on the mattress and kind of relax and get ready to experience whatever the medicine is going to show to you. And what was great is that at Rhythmia, they have these little signs above there that help remind you of things that give the medicine intention. And the three things that they talk about that you should be asking with the medicine or that the medicine is really good at showing you are the three things that are really going to change your life and provide you that miracle that ayahuasca provides to people. And the first is to show me who you are, show me who I am. 
And if you think about this, um, if you were to ask God, source, whatever, to see who you are, this would be a 360 view of the way that you interact in the world, the way you interact with your relationships of the person that you are. So from this perspective, it would show you a really non-biased view of everything. And you would see who your parents are, how you interact with them, what you were like growing up, what you're like at work, what you are like to your partners. So there's all this beautiful data and information that's provided to you by Mother Ayahuasca when you ask her to show who you are. And the second one is to heal my heart. So a lot of us have had heartbreak in our life and there are various ways that we experience it, whether it's for with our parents, with a relationship, with ourselves. Um, and ayahuasca can help you to heal your heart. And the third is to show me who I become, heal my heart, and then merge me back with my soul at all costs. So our souls and our bodies are meant to separate in our lives. It's just part of the human experience and it happens, you know, when your parents accidentally left you at the grocery store or you were abused or you were bullied at school. So there's, you know, various situations in your life that really prevent your soul from being merged in your body as a protective mechanism because it loves you so much that it doesn't want to be there to really experience that pain and that hurt of this human experience. So ayahuasca helps to merge your soul back into your body so you can fully experience life as a soul that's connected to your body. And this is really the, and these three things, if you think about it, you know, as it relates to ayahuasca being the spirit molecule. So people say that ayahuasca is the spirit molecule, and that's really the DMT part of it. And the DMT is what's released when you're dying and released when you're born within your body, within your brain. And these three things, you know, are definitely things that you're going to see and experience if you are going to die, you know, right before you pass over, cross over, if you go to the light, if you turn your back to the light, you're going to be shown who you are. You're going to be either merged with your soul at all cost, if that's what you choose, and your heart will be healed. You know, for a lot of people, although death can be such a chilling experience and so hard to experience from the human perspective, when you're losing someone, it is oftentimes people that have near-death experiences that come back say that those moments in between when they were not dead um, and about to cross over are some of the most peaceful and loving experiences of their life. So that's kind of what happens a lot of times when people are doing ayahuasca. And for me, when I was having my first experience and, you know, actually a lot through the week, I had really, really blissful experiences. I had really beautiful, calm, pleasant, easy experiences. And I know that isn't the case for a lot of people. Um, I know that oftentimes people will see loved ones that have passed. People will see, you know, parts of their life and their experience in the world that are so painful and so traumatizing. Um, and, you know, they'll see the darkest of the dark. They will see hell and they will see heaven. Um, but I had such a blissful, peaceful experience, you guys. It was really, really easy and really calm. And mine really felt more like a body experience than anything else. Um, so over the course of the four days, I had various things happen or I saw various things or heard various things. But to be honest, it was so pleasant and easy for me. It was almost like, it's funny because actually now that I'm talking about it, I'm kind of getting that same body experience where it felt like 
my serotonin levels were super, 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 super high and my body felt good. I felt really loose. I felt calm. I felt feminine. I felt in it. And I felt like I was experiencing this beauty of the world that I was in and the life that I was in. Um, And to be honest, the first two nights, it was a little challenging for me because there was a lot of ego, actually the first three nights. So there's a lot of ego at play for me, which I realized, you know, after doing the experiences is that I have a strong ass ego. I have a fucking super strong ego and I love her so much. She's amazing. She's pushed me. She's made me who I am. And, um, she really sticks to my soul contract, which is the fact that success and heart-centered work is how I'm going to be most happiest and how I'm going to be most aligned. But it was really hard for me to let go. It was really hard for my ego to let go and just to calm and to let my heart take center stage and to let my heart lead the way and to let my heart do most of the talking. And that was a huge lesson for me that I really operate from a head space level like crazy. I rarely you know, I don't want to say rarely, but I am able to tap into my headspace so much more quickly than my heart. My heart doesn't get all the attention she deserves and she needs it. So the first couple nights when I was unable to let go and I was unable to really drop in and just let go of any uh, need to control, that's huge the need to control everything, the need to feel in control, the need to trust was hard. So I had beautiful, blissful, calming, relaxing experiences, but I, to be honest, I didn't have, I didn't see aliens. I wanted to see aliens so bad. You guys know there's no bitch on this planet that didn't want to see aliens more than me. I mean. Yo, it's a little bit like it's it's uh it's really hard for me to tell you all this that I didn't see aliens on the last night. I had a kind of an experience that I'll tell you guys about. But the first couple nights, I didn't see aliens. I didn't merge back with my soul. I didn't see my dead relatives. I didn't actually even see, you know, how I was operating in the world. And it was really hard for me because we would go through these amazing discussions and conversations with other people there that were having these beautiful journeys. And honestly, seeing the healing that some of these people went through was so powerful and will forever change and move me. There were people that, you know, there was one woman there that lost her husband. She was agoraphobic. She never left the house. This was like one of the first times she's actually left the house in her life and she was reborn and she was able to release so much of these ideas she had of herself and this self-hatred and this torture that she put herself through to be reborn as this life-loving, young, feeling person. And there was people that had, you know, infections that had the infections healed by aliens. It was crazy. And I was coming in feeling like I'm super spiritual. I meditate all the time. I talk to my guides. I've got this podcast where we talk about spirituality and I'm not having any of this. And it's so frustrating. It was like just 
when you feel like you're the shit and you're not the shit and the medicine made sure not to bring me down, but almost to remind me that I actually do have a, an issue with letting go. I have a control thing and I have a fear of trusting and a fear of uh, letting go of control and that I wasn't going to be shown anything until I was able to do that until it was safe, until I was feeling protected and feeling like I could let go. So although I had these beautiful, blissful, relaxing, calming experiences, I wasn't seeing what everyone else was seeing. So, and you guys, I wasn't, I did cry. So I cried really hard on the first night, which was beautiful. And I cried on the third night and I cried on the fourth night, which was really beautiful, but that was the only way that I purged. So as far as puking, everyone wants to know about, they're like, oh my God, you throw up all the time. There wasn't as much puking as you'd think. So I would say that 40% of the people of the group uh, puked uh, and Lindsay and I didn't. And I think that, I'm not really sure what that relates to at all, but we didn't puke. I didn't shit. I didn't do any of that. So what my personal perspective is, and this could not be related to this, this, I don't think this is maybe anyone else's perspective, but the fact that I don't drink, the fact that I eat, I've eaten vegan for the past three years. I've been vegetarian for 15. I eat fairly clean. Lindsay eats fairly clean. I, I don't do drugs anymore. You know, I haven't done drugs in four years and I meditate regularly, whatever which is also my ego. But that part of us, Lindsay and I, in particular, in this case, only speaking for us, I think had something to do with the fact that we weren't purging, that we weren't getting rid of these toxins within our body that were um, holding us back or that were problematic for us. But so like I was talking about through the through the first nights, I wasn't having these crazy experiences. I was just having really beautiful body highs and you know, kind of seeing shapes and things. So on the second night, I wanted to experience something and I wanted to understand, you know, why I was having a hard time letting go because when you do ayahuasca, you actually are able to like talk and walk around. It's not like you're completely out. Like there are times where some people could be down for the count and they could be completely out in in their own world, but there also is the fact that I could walk around, I could talk to people, I could see people, I could, you know, like I was present enough to do that. And this might've been the fact that I was a little controlling and I can't let go, but I wanted to know why, you know, I was having a hard time completely surrendering to the medicine. And this means that I would have the ability to leave, leave my body and I would have the ability to let myself go and let myself experience the medicine fully. And when I asked this to the medicine on the second night, it actually showed me every single sexual trauma, sexually traumatic experience that I've been through in my whole life. And there were so many, you know, it was probably like 10 to 15 and experiences and some of them more traumatic than others, you know, one being the stalker, another being, you know, on the subway, another being at a massage place, um, others being, you know, other times in my life. But it was funny to me to think that, you know, I've had these things happen to me as many women have. And I'm, I'm sure, you know, you girls and have experienced things that have been sexually traumatic for you, but I haven't ever labeled them as trauma and I haven't ever experienced them or I haven't ever grieved them or I haven't ever, you know, made this 
had this conversation with my body to to recognize that I had had gone through this and to let it know that I was going to protect it or that I was going to do my best to protect it. And so these experiences really helped me to understand more the issues that I do have as far as it relates to trust and trusting others and letting others in and having boundaries, having stronger energetic boundaries. You know, I think a lot of times before, because I'm usually so, I try to be very accommodating. I'm very Midwest in the way that I want everyone to feel comfortable. I'm usually one to say yes before I say no. I would rather make myself uncomfortable than make some guy uncomfortable. But kind of flipping the script on that and kind of being smarter about my energetic boundaries and understanding, you know, that there have things that have happened in my life that make me feel this way for a reason and that it would behoove me to do some shadow work around that. So that was a really beautiful kind of vignette that I was shown. It was painful. To be honest, it was really painful. And it makes me so sad for the men and also makes me so sad that I never allowed myself to experience the trauma and then release it. That I had really just been like, okay, moving on, you know, whatever. Like, you know, just kind of acting like it didn't bother me and not knowing that it really did bother me, to be honest, that, you know, there was a few experiences where I just kind of would move on or just like let work pile up or whatever and not process the trauma and that I probably should and I probably need to and I probably need to work through that. So that was one as it relates to trust that was really, really powerful for me. And then I'm really, really grateful that I experienced and that I can be more thoughtful and loving to myself and now really treating my body as something that I want to protect and that I want to, uh, you know, mindfully take care of because it is, you know, my vessel in that way. And, um, that was one of the things I wanted to share you guys, share with you guys that I talked about. And then there was on the third night, one of the lessons or the, uh, takeaways that I got was really powerful and really quick. And it was that saying no is my superpower. And I'll just let that sit. Saying no is my superpower. And for someone that always says yes, that's very odd to me. That's very, feels very weird to me. So I kind of had to sit with that for a little bit and it kind of made me really think about, you know, the things that I'm saying yes to and the fact that you know, I try and say yes to everything because if you would have told me, you know, a year ago that I'd be here doing a podcast for my full-time job, talking to you guys, I would have said, you're crazy. So I feel so grateful for every freaking opportunity that we get, every email that we get, every situation that we're in. And it's hard for me to say no. And it's hard for me to say no with people that I'm close to in my life. Uh, it's hard for me to say no to myself to set my own boundaries. And that is something that I'm really thinking about now, especially for uh, 2019 and 2020, as it relates to me personally and within the business, that no is the 
an energetic boundary that benefits not only you, but someone else. And by cutting those cords and by setting, building those, it's not a wall necessarily, but by creating that severing of a tie that could potentially be there, you are allowing more energy to come to that person in another form that's a better fit for them. Because right now, when I'm saying yes to things that I don't feel energetically aligned to, I'm kind of leaving it open and there's a opening of energy or there is a draining of energy or a leaking of energy going between me and that person or me and that situation. That really is a waste of time. And so being more thoughtful about checking in and seeing if something's a fit and being really honest. And that's, you know, my goal for the last year has been to be radically honest. And being radically honest isn't easy. It's not uh, very glamorous, but it's the only way that we can live fully in this life and live fully in intention and presence. So for me, thinking about saying no, being my superpower was one of the really, really beautiful things that the medicine showed me. It also showed me a kind of weird thing, a weird person. So in high school, I dated someone in high school and I cheated on him. It's high school. You know, everyone's cheating on everyone. Like not to, not to dumb it down or or whatever. I just didn't want to make the situation any bigger than it was, but I cheated on this person and I was very flippant about it. And I was very dismissive about it not very heartfelt, not very caring. And this person really, really, really cared for me. And I was shown how much this person cared for me and how much I hurt them by doing this and how I really put them on a path of difficulty and of challenging relationship situations because they felt trust issues after, you know, what I did to them. So it's kind of on the flip side of my trust issues, the trust issues that I've impeded on others. And it was a good reminder to myself, you know, of being kind to others, of really taking stock and thinking about, I think so often we think as humans about all the situations of people that have done shitty stuff to us. You know, when you're like, who has fucked you over? You could sit there and I bet every single one of you could be like, oh, fucking Natalie and Bridget and Dean have fucked me over. You know, you could think about those people, but it's harder for us to maybe think about the people that we've fucked over or the people that we've hurt or the people whose lives we've affected in a way that, of course, everything is happening for a reason, but maybe isn't as positive as we would think. So it was a really beautiful kind of mirror to me to really send that person love and send that person kindness and to change wording around a lot of things that I do when I communicate. And I was really thankful to be shown that person in that situation. Kind of silly, but definitely had an impact on me to really kind of think about, you know, people that I may have fucked over and send them an energetic hug or kind of have an energetic conversation with myself and hopefully their soul and apologize for anything that I could have like done to them. And then during, you know, the first three nights, I would often call on, uh, Justin's presence just to experience him and experience his soul and the beauty of his soul. You know, that was such a blessing and that was such a beautiful thing that I could feel so good and feel so happy and just think about this person that I love so dearly and kind of bring his energy into this experience and bring his love into this experience. And I also called on almost 30. So the beautiful entity that is almost 30, I called on her and just felt her and I felt her power and I felt her 
you know, being so proud of Lindsay and I for doing this and also being excited about things like the ambassador program and just really the strength of Almost 30 Nation, the strength of all the love of you guys and the support you guys give one another is such a beautiful thing. So feeling and experiencing that was something that I'm really thankful that I got to do. So up until this point, I had these, you know, kind of little learnings. I had these really blissful experiences. I got to uh, see other people heal, which was incredible. I got to hear these beautiful stories that, you know, I will share with you guys another day. But I hadn't had something crazy yet. You know, I hadn't had my like thing. And I was feeling a little left out and I was feeling a little insecure. I'm like, fuck, I like meditate and I love fucking aliens. Like I love aliens so much. I want to see them. Like I want to talk to them. I want to like do all this stuff, all this ego stuff. You know, to be honest, like me wanting to see aliens is all an ego thing because I want to say that I saw them and I want to like prove to myself that I've seen them. And on the fourth night, we are go, we do a ceremony that's all night. So it starts from 7.30 p.m. And it runs until about seven in the morning, which seems crazy, but the night like freaking flies by. And I do my first sitting and I do my second uh, cup and it's like 4 a.m. at this point. And I'm just feeling really good. I'm, you know, just vibing. I'm sleeping a lot and I'm healing in other ways. Like I'm kind of interdimensionally healing uh, other parts of me. And I'm actually really tapping into my feminine this night. I actually felt myself as a really feminine being. And I felt myself in a very feminine way that I haven't probably in my whole life. Working as an entrepreneur makes me very masculine. I just tend to lean towards masculine, although there's definitely parts of me that are very feminine. But I've been in my masculine the past, you know, couple years with building the business and it felt really beautiful to be juicy and be warm and be soft and to experience the feminine side of me that I haven't in so long. So I do the third cup. And after that point, there's a healing. There's a shamanic circle that's healing. And I'm sitting outside at this point, looking at the stars. I start to hear the roosters. The roosters are starting to crow. And the shaman comes out directly to me and says to come to the healing circle. So I go to the healing circle And there's a group of shamans, probably 12 of them that are healing this group of people. And it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever been a part of. That part, I was really emotional too. I was bawling for probably two hours. You know, I just, something I think about quite often when I am really in it, when I'm really in trying to educate myself about things that are going on in the world and current news and environmental issues and social political issues, I get really stuck in the negative and I get really stuck in the belief that there are so many people that are working so hard to do bad things in the healthcare system, in our food system, in our government. And sometimes it really weighs on me and it really, really freaks me out and it really puts me in a place of feeling disheartened and feeling lost and feeling depressed that I don't see enough positive. And I know that's exactly what I'm looking for. And I know that I will be shown what I'm looking for. So it's really on me to find the positive, but the shamans in this circle, just, I just saw their 
selflessness and their beauty and their kindness to heal people and bring medicine to people for a living, you know, and they don't make tons of money. They're really just here to be stewards of this plant medicine. Ayahuasca is strictly a plant. There's nothing chemical about it and heal people all over the world. That was a beautiful moment. And at that point I had three. So I was kind of like feeling it. Like most people that night had had two two cups or one cup and I had three because I'm just like, whatever, I'm going to go for it. I really want to go to the moon, like literally. So I get healed by the shamans and it's about 7 a.m. And, you know, the ceremony is ending and we are able to go to our rooms. And when I go to the room, Lindsay goes to breakfast and I'm like, oh, and I really, 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 really start to feel it. And I'm like, fuck, like I'm alone in the room and I'm really, really tripping right now. Like this is like when it really fucking happened and I started tripping. So I'm like, okay, okay, here we go. And I realized that because of my control, because of my inability to let go, that I was going to have the most profound experience right now being alone in my room because I'm fully able to trust. I'm able to let go. No one's around me. I'm not worried about anyone else. I'm not worried about anyone else's experience. I'm not thrown off by noises anyone is making. I'm not thrown off by sounds. I'm not insecure that someone might get near me or touch me or all of these things. Although, you know, it's very safe and protected. I just couldn't let go really. So now that I'm in the room, I had this third cup. I'm like tripping. So I, at this point, proceed to from 7 a.m. to 12 for five hours, get my energy field stretched to dimensions that I don't even know. I was being stretched and pulled. It was the most uncomfortable thing I've done in a really long time. Probably aside besides getting an IUD in. (laughs) But it was like my whole body was being moved by entities or beings I mean, if you would have saw me, you thought I was like possessed. It wasn't negative at all. It was beautiful and light, but I was being thrown around. My arms are being flailed around, stretched. My legs are being stretched and my energetic field and my energetic body was just being stretched to a point that was so uncomfortable at points. I would almost say to myself and I'd almost say to, you know, mother ayahuasca that I couldn't take it anymore because it was so uncomfortable. And the way that I can describe it is that it was it's 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 almost hard to put into words to be honest there's this word in japanese that's yugen y u g e n and it's when something is so beautiful that there are no words and there's no translation in english and that's really the only thing that i can think of to describe it um was that it was so beautiful i cannot put into words but i proceeded to have my energetic field stretched which was really helpful for me and it's really helpful for me in what we're doing to be able to hold this beautiful container for almost 30. And there was points where I felt entities moving things in my body, moving energy blocks, even moving my face and my mouth around to check out my health, to check out my physical body. You know, a lot of times they say that there are alien beings that help fix you, help adjust you, help stretch you. And I felt those beings and I felt something stretching me, something adjusting me, something there with me, a few things there with me that were checking on me, that were making my phys- sure my physical health was okay. And then working on me on a plane and a level that I could feel and I could experience, but it's hard for me to put into words and it's hard for me to explain. 
And during this time, I had the realization that through my life, any of the spiritual experiences that I've had have always been a knowing and have always been a feeling. And I've never seen things. I've never seen ghosts. I've never, you know, saw a man at the end of the bed or whenever I've had experiences with entities or ghosts or anything like that. I've never seen them, but I've always felt and I've always known. And this was not, this was exactly the same. I felt and I knew that I was having this experience, this beautiful, exciting, energetic stretching that was going on that was enough information for me to be able to trust and love and feel, but also not too much information where I was freaked out. I was overwhelmed. The medicine really gives you exactly what you need and gives you just enough for you to operate and for you to change your life and not be freaked out. I mean, I've literally never seen a ghost in my life, like seeing the actual outline because honestly, I'll, I'm literally so scared. It's crazy. I'm not scared of ghosts anymore, honestly, but that stuff freaks me out so much that I could never see it. And so it was a really beautiful thing that I got this checkup, this stretching, this adjustment, this beautiful physical thing happened to me when I was alone in my room for, you know, five or so hours. And I got to be alone and I got to uh, really let go and really release and really just be with the energy, be with the medicine and be with myself. Um, and it was so super powerful. And I will never, you know, forget that ability and that opportunity. And I felt like things happened with my energetic field and with my spirit that um, are also affecting my previous lives and my future lives and myself in other dimensions and that are also affecting my karma. So any karma that I have had in past lives or my family karma, you know what I mean? There are things related to my family and my lineage that I felt like I also cleared for them and I also cleared for us. So I was really grateful. And that is all she wrote. I had a really powerful week and I've had an interesting time being back. You know, I didn't really allow myself time to relax or to recover or to be with it, but I've been really working with those messages and those learnings. And I have been meeting tons of people that have had ayahuasca or do plant medicine. It's actually been very interesting. I've had, you know, strangers come up to me. I was on the beach in Costa Rica. A stranger came up to me and told me about his experience. He had no idea I talked about it. I got a massage in Austin and the guy told me about his experience the whole time. So I've had these serendipitous situations happen um, that keep reminding me of the work and of the lessons that I have. And I will definitely do it again. I will definitely go back to Rhythmia. Um, it was such a beautiful, comfortable, um, thoughtful experience. And I feel really proud to share Rhythmia with you. You know, I think a lot of people have the curiosity and the wondering about ayahuasca and the effect that can have on them and the healing that it can do. I mean, if you have sexual trauma, if you're an addict, if you have, you know, personality disorders, depression, anxiety, uh, family issues, all of these things, ayahuasca has been said to help with. And if you go in with the right intention and if you go on being open, more open than me, I would say, then you could have such beautiful healing. And so we wanted to be stewards of this beautiful healing for you. And that's why we wanted to recommend Rhythmia. And that's why I'll be going back to go deeper and to experience more and to really 
experience parts of my shadow and, um, you know, relationships with my mom and all of these different things, um, that, you know, ayahuasca can share to you. And as a last thing, um, you know, some of the intentions that I had related to the medicine and what I wanted to do was, you know, one, as an example was I wanted to have more compassion for my mom. I wanted to have more compassion for her and I wanted to see parts of her life that I didn't have any information about that I didn't know about so that I could have more compassion for her and the person she is today. And since the ayahuasca experience, I've been shown in small ways, little ideas and little things that have helped me and that have provided me with more compassion. So it's working, just not exactly in the profound, crazy, crazy, crazy way that I thought it was going to, but it's always working. Would I say for anyone to do this? Maybe. I'm not going to tell anyone to do anything that they don't want to do, but I would say if you are going to do it, Rhythmia is the best option. It's the cleanest. It's the safest. It has medical supervision. And what I would say too is that ayahuasca is a plant. And to think that something that came from this earth could be so powerful has to be spiritual, has to be magical, has to be something that is beyond our comprehension. And um, if you do have the curiosity or the calling, I would highly suggest there. And I would highly suggest to go in with the right intention, to go in open-minded, to go in um, with the knowing that your life could change and that this could be something that completely you know, puts you on a different path or like me just helps you to uncover answers to certain questions or to really just have things happen that are slow and that are beautiful and that are blissful. Okay. So I am happy and here for any questions about my journey or about um, a journey. If you guys want to go to Rhythmia, you guys can go to RhythmiaLifeAdvancementCenters.com. So Rhythmia is R-Y-T-H-M-I-A lifeadvancementcenters.com. And that's where you can um, ask them questions and you could do all the booking for um, your own Rhythmia experience. And um, we'll be talking about this in the secret Facebook group. Once again, I'm not recommending or telling anyone to do this. And I know that some people have certain ideas of plant medicine that could be true, could be not true. Uh, But I would say it's not as scary as I thought. It's not, I don't feel like it was you know, truly something that was dangerous or felt weird in any way, but, um, it was a beautiful thing that was blissful and nice and fun. And I'm super grateful that I got to experience it and integrate some of the healing into my life in this lifetime and in the next. So I'm here for questions. I love you. I'm so grateful for your support and for the kindness that you guys shared with me when I was going through this. It was so beautiful to see your messages and to hear from you and to hear that you're curious and that you're supportive and that you're interested in learning. I'm just here as a human on this earth to learn and to grow and however means necessary, I am going to do that. So I'm grateful for you and I could not have done this without you. I will see you next time. Thank you for listening. Hit me up at 100blog, H-U-N-D-R-E-D blog on Instagram. DM me with questions and I will see you on tour. I will see you in the Facebook group. I love you so much. Is my friend Krista Williams. Uh, (laughs) This one's a good one. So I had actually not planned to do a solo ayahuasca um, episode just because I still am kind of discovering and... 
um, being shown the lessons and teachings that I had in my ayahuasca experience. And it was um, very chill and beautiful. So um, I didn't plan on this being super long, but it ended up being super long and heartfelt. And I'm excited to share along in my ayahuasca journey. I am just here to share my personal experience. You know, I'm not saying that everyone should do ayahuasca. I'm not saying that everyone should experience plant medicine or, or follow in my footsteps, but this is what's true to me. This is what I experienced and uh, the learnings and lessons that I went through, I'm glad to share with y'all. Yeah, it's such a good one. Um, yeah, and that's kind of the beautiful part about our experience is that it's kind of continuing to happen. Yeah. Um, all right. So if you love this episode, please share it with your friends. That means so much to us. If you are called to rate and review on iTunes, um, that really helps us out. You know, we we do spend a lot of time and um, all this con- free content comes from our heart. So your review really means the world will read one on the other side of this. We are on tour, almost30podcast.com. Um, if you want to start a podcast, know someone who wants to start a podcast or you want to up-level your own podcast, yourpodcastpro.com, Y-O-U-R podcastpro.com. Yeah. And join us at our retreat this mm-hmm. July 9th through 12th at Calamigos Ranch, which is fucking five-star, the most beautiful place, Restoration Hardware, Malibu Chic in Malibu here in LA. We have some of our very best friends, some of the best healers in the game, some of the best nutritionists in the game with healthy vegan plant-based food, if you'd like, or non-plant-based food, um, some great sponsors and swag bags and workouts and, and all of the things. So we are really looking forward to that. You can go to our website, almost30podcast.com to sign up and join that retreat this July 9th through 12th. Woo. All right. Bye. Bye.